0: Hyman's Real Estate Rockstars, stars, from North Bay, live, 60 miles outside of Baltimore City. Rock out, Rockstar Nation. Happy Wednesday, Rockstar Nation. Hope everybody's hump day is going good. Hope everybody's having a great week. I am broadcasting from my cell phone in the deep woods here, 60 miles outside of Baltimore City. I'm doing some charity work, as I mentioned in previous episodes. And I am chaperoning a full cabin of kids to teach them all about nature. That uh, most of these, a lot of these kids have never seen woods or bugs. I shouldn't say bugs because some of them may have seen roaches. But the stuff that we're seeing today and fungus and whatever. We had a whole hike this morning on fungus. We spent an hour and a half on fungus. Anyways, did a roach course this afternoon and we're doing some fun stuff here. So Um, I'm having a good time giving back. Wanted to bring this up again. Uh, I talked about this uh, about two weeks ago company domains dot homes domains dot homes write that down domains homes has the rights to the dot homes domain so if anybody wants dot homes domains they're going to release of april no may 12th it seems like if you have a trademark on your company's name there's a certain period of time, a sunrise period, I guess, which is actually now, that you somehow get first dibs and then after that amount of time, anybody could buy it. So if you have, a, you know, a company name, you may want to buy this before the sunrise period is over. And uh, the only people that could buy these, of course, after the sunrise period, you still have to be a real estate company. but. All you got to do is uh, prove that you're a licensed real estate agent or a broker, that sort of thing, uh, from what I understand. And these things are going to be about 150 bucks each. You know, you could buy any old uh, domain for 10 bucks if it's available, but the more restricted domains get a premium, obviously. If you want to get an EDU, like your college, and it works the same way, it's restrictive, you got to prove you're a college. But if you do, you get the EDU domain, that's running 40 bucks now on the market. and. .gov, believe it or not, if you get a .gov, a buck twenty-five. So these will be more than a .gov. It seems to keep going up. .homes. Now, realtor.com right now, you know, they're putting out .realtor for three thirty-nine ninety-five a year. They benefit to all realtors. And they're saying, hey, you know, use .realtor instead of .homes. I think that's kind of what they're hoping you'll do. You know, which makes sense. I'm not sure if the general public really knows what Dot Realtor means or what realtors are. I mean, I talk to so many people that think broker and agent are the same thing. And you throw a Realtor in the mix, I think I'd rather, personally, rather have Dot Homes or Dot Home, but it's, of course, more, much more money. So if you're going to go out, I, I know a lot of people are buying the $10.com for 11247 uh, Swansfield Road or whatever it is, uh, house you have listed, which makes it really easy. But probably dot .homes will, will be the next to uh, lock all of those up. It only makes sense. So it'll be interesting to see what the heck happens. I'm sure a lot of people will probably go out and buy them. I'll tell you what they will do because I learned this from uh, my experience, like I mentioned before, but you know, the zip codes, get the zip codes, especially zip codes with eights in them. Man, if you got some zip codes near you, get the 20888.homes. I shouldn't even tell you that, I should just do it all myself. But no, do it because the Asians love the eight and the, not not the stereotype, but the people from China will email you as soon as you have a zip code with an eight. It has happened to me on numerous occasions and that is the truth. It is a very lucky number in Asia, just like seven is a lucky number in the United States, M13 is not. Same sort of stuff with that. But anyway, zip codes. That was the point, zip codes. Look at the zip codes and get zipcodes.homes. So, Sam, Sammy DeBoard is on today's call. Sam is a kind of a contrarian voice to some of our previous episodes. If you haven't heard them, I think uh, 310 with Tommy Sowers from the company Solo Pro and 313 with Jay Samet who is a disruption expert. Both of those guys were saying that the real estate commission is due for a disruption just like the mortgage commissions where mortgage officers used to be able to get tons of overage and tons of fat. If the rates change and uh, Quicken Loans came in and now a computer can take a mortgage and zip zip zip, it has helped the consumer. Uh, Less fat in there unfortunately. Same for travel agents, same for insurance with e-surance and Geico and all that stuff. Rocket Mortgage. So, they're saying that hey man, look out real estate agents. If this happens, save your money man save your money because we're going to blow this thing up in the next 5 years and it's going to be a world of difference. And Sam is saying, "No, you guys, you know, this you know, this is ha- tried and true industry. This has happened before. You're dead. Dead wrong." And there's been some spirited debates uh, with Sam right in the middle of the firestorm online. And I, I was watching when I was watching the the shots being fired back and forth. And I reached out to Sam. I said, "Man, you got to get on the show because there's a lot of agents that feel like Sam." And on my blog, which is Pat Ivan interviews real estate rock stars on Facebook, it's a private group. But just request to join, and you know, several times a day we just let people in. We just want to make sure you're not a spammer and going to ruin everybody else's day by spamming up the site. But we got over 6,000 members on there, and, and people were a lot of realtors were saying this is BS. You know, it's just not going to work. This is. Uh, I had a couple people say, "Pat, why'd you even have this jerk on my show?" So it was spirited. It definitely was spirited. And Sam is pro real estate agent commission staying strong and staying lucrative for all real estate agents in the industry. And, and we're going to talk to him about that. And he's got some other cool stuff to talk about too, which you're going to find out in the later part of the show. He's very much on what is new and exciting in the real estate world. Anyways, listen, my kid's got to go climb the rock wall. So I got to scoop. Enjoy the show, guys. I'll see you Friday. Bye. Hello Rockstar Nation, we have a very interesting guest today and we're going to cover a lot of topics which you need to know about. As real estate agents that are active in your markets, I have Sam DeBoard on the phone. And Sam is a contributing writer to Realtor Magazine, Inman News, among many others. He's the president of his board of realtors. He's a broker with Caldwell Banker out in Washington State. And he's just a world of knowledge on everything real estate. And I'm excited to talk to him today. So, Sam, welcome to Pat Hybin Interviews, Real Estate Rockstars. Hey, thanks for having me, Pat. I'm excited to be here today. So, Sam, let's get right into this, but first, before we start, why don't you tell our audience a little bit more about you so they can get to know you better?
1: Sure, happy to. I run a sales team called Seattle Seattle Homes Group in Seattle, obviously. Our brokerage is Coldwell Banker Danforth, where I'm a managing broker here. So, um, we do a lot of internet lead generation and working with clients um, who are sort of the more the more tech-savvy portion um, of the real estate buyers and sellers. Uh, I came up um, sort of through the tech side, did web development uh, at USC back in school, and then got into uh, technology consulting and management consulting through PricewaterhouseCoopers. So um, I sort of found my way over to the mortgage and real estate side after having a, a pretty solid background in tech. And so that's sort of always what we've focused our business on, is, is trying to be on sort of the leading edge of technology with our real estate business.
0: That's awesome. That's awesome. And and you're right, too. So how much time would you say you put into writing versus
1: selling houses? Uh, you know, it gets to be more and more every year. Uh, we're, we're really trying to focus on, um, you know, division of labor, specialization of skills within our team and our office. So um, whatever we do best, we're trying to have each person spend as much time as possible doing that. Um, I happened to uh, over the years I started out selling just as you know any agent did. Um, but more and more I could generate uh, you know more business than I could personally handle. So that's when my business partner and I started bringing on other agents onto the team, um, getting assistance to to help us with the you know the conversion and the management and the paperwork and everything else. Um, so at this point, uh, most of my time is focused on um, lead generation and content generation. So that has to do with um, writing for news outlets, writing for our our corporate blog, um, you know, creating content online for other news outlets in in the area, whether it's about Seattle real estate or national industry issues, um, local real estate information just for buyers and sellers, um, and then helping you know my business partner and our assistants convert the contacts and the traffic we get into clients for our agents who are out selling in the field every day.
0: That's great. That's great. and I'm sure a lot of people listening would think, oh, you know, these these writers for um, whether it be Inman or Realtor or, or, or what have you, Realtor Magazine, you know, it's really a labor of love. But I think... I'm hoping what you'll say is that, yes, you. but it's probably a labor love. You love to do it, but at the same time, you get business, right? Don't you get referrals from agents that follow you and, and referrals and listings and buyers from local people that read your local
1: articles? Absolutely. That's a good point. It's, it's a combination of the two. Um, you know, I really do care about the issues we're talking about in the industry. I think there's some really important things that um, more agents and brokers need to be aware of as we are um, sort of guiding our portion of the industry into the future and having a strategy for that. But it's it's business related as well. Uh, I'm not a volunteer all the time. Um, and I think that's what a lot of writers and and folks who are doing these sort of things like I'm doing are um, not just getting referrals and and creating credibility for themselves um, but also generating content and you know whether it's search engine optimization by creating a higher profile for your websites or just your identity and your social profiles um, there's there's certainly a a foundation um, you can build there that creates referrals and credibility for your business
0: Yes. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Well, great. Well, some of the things I want to talk to you about today, I think, are the three most timely things. The first is the influx of companies like Solopro. The second is the open house signs, uh, the Supreme Court decision on open house signs, which will be interesting. And the third is Project Upstream. Uh, which is a very interesting uh, development as well. So let's first of all start off with the Solo Pro issue because you know that's quite frankly how I saw you originally, or at least noticed you originally. You had started a a little bit of a of a firestorm with Tommy Sowers, the the founder of Solo Pro. You called him a tech bro, and he took offense to that, and then called told you that you don't have spell check on your computer, and became a little Pissing match, uh, so to speak, <laughs> online. And it was fascinating. And tons of people weighed in, and a lot of real estate agents. Obviously, Inman is a real estate centric site, a uh, real estate agent centric site. So a lot of the comments on Inman were for what you had to say. So, why don't you give us a little background? Tell us, you know, the little story there and what your point of view is on Solo Pro andor companies like it.
1: Sure, absolutely. And you know, there's a lot of a lot of confusion that happens as well in uh, in social media settings like this, and that's really where I'd want to start because even a lot of uh, of the reaction to my piece sort of construed things that I was saying about general tendencies of some tech folks in the industry um, as directly, Uh, being negative about Tommy Sowers and Solo Pro. And so that's something that I pointed out right away in Tommy's response pieces. I think he took a lot of those things personally. Um, I personally have great respect for his professionalism, the way he's treated us at industry events. I've seen him speak at a number of events. He's a very smart guy, very professional with real estate agents and brokers. So um, it was very easy to skim through an article that has things like sociopath and tech bros in it and assume they're all associated with you Um, frankly I was calling myself a tech bro in the past as well it's a funny term Uh, it's entertaining I like I said I used to consult startups and work for startups etc so I get it but but to the to the main point um, uh, there's just a lot of money flowing into real estate um, that's coming in with in my opinion a misunderstanding um, of the industry itself. Uh, there's almost a, a willful ignorance of the logistical differences in the real estate industry by tech innovators um, in this zeal to, to disrupt real estate. We hear people say, and we hear it all the time, we heard it from a um, guest you had on very recently, was very smart guy Has obviously been involved in uh, disruption in a lot of industries, but they'll say Um, you know it's happening to mortgage banking, it's happening to travel um, so why would real estate be any different? Um, And and that's just a false narrative to start your discussion about disrupting the real estate industry. It would be different because this industry is so significantly different than most of these um, you know standardized commoditized kinds of industries so um, I could go on forever about this but uh, you know, like I said, I I did tech consulting. I worked for startups. I used to actually believe a lot of these things that these folks do. That um, it's absolutely inefficient. It doesn't make sense that agents need to spend this much time and make this much money. Um, and then I spent a lot of time in the industry, and I actually realized most of the assumptions that we make from outside of the industry are uh, are really naive. Once you've seen um, you know the actual logistics, so. Uh, you know, it's as simple as um, the product itself, a, a single home. Um, you've got a unique individual product on every single transaction whose unique characteristics are actually the make or break. Something as simple as the view or the orientation of the property on the lot, or the roof or the drainage. Um, there are all these things that can make a sale fail. And to be able to try to compare, uh, an airline sale, a flight from Seattle New- to New York, where there are a number of carriers who do the same flights every day, and you've got all these people on one plane, um, or a mortgage, which there is some differentiation in service, but it's usually rates and fees, and those are your comparison points. Uh, it's just a, it's an intellectually dishonest comparison to say that it's the same in real estate. Okay.
0: All right. And that's a very valid point. And there's so much emotion and so much, whether you're a psychiatrist, an accountant, a lawyer, all this put together, it goes into being a real estate agent. And I think that that's a lot of people's argument is that, hey, you you, Tommy or whoever's doing this, you have no idea the crap that we have to go through as agents to sell people houses. I mean, we're worth the percentage. Now, some of the feedback on the blog, on my Pat Hyman Interviews Real Estate Rockstars closed Facebook group, has been, you know what, I do think this is going to happen, but what it means is the listing agent is still going to get paid a full commission, but now they're going to do twice as much work as the listing agent, and the buyer agent, the whole concept of buyer agent getting the full commission it's gonna drastically change. So, yes, you know, you get you the buyer can then pay fifty dollars to show the house, a hundred dollars to write the offer, and eight hundred dollars for the transaction coordinator. So the buyer will pay $950, keep the rest of the commission, but the listing agent then, just like when a help you sell agent kind of sells a listing or a Safe6 agent sells a listing, the buyer agent ends up having to do two jobs for the same commission. Now they're saying, well, the listing agent is going to have to do two jobs for the same commission, and the buyer agent commission is going to go away, essentially. So what do you have to say about that? That's kind of like half of
1: the argument. Sure, sure. And and they're good points. Um, and I'm glad you said help you sell because that's a big part uh, of the argument against um, this idea. Um, Help You Sell was around before I was born. Um, There have always been discount companies. In the Seattle market, there are all kinds of companies who will rebate you uh, a thousand different ways and allow you to have limited service and cafeteria menu options. Um, It's not that these things won't have some consumer buy-in. They already do. They have had that for decades. The most interesting thing is, how little that's been that it's always been less than 10 percent of the market that consumers have always been able to find these kinds of options they haven't been hidden there's a five hundred dollar flat fee um, you you know, broker slash discounter on our mls that it has been there for decades and consumers know they can use it if they want to but not that many still do and i really think that's the uh, it's something that's so glaring but so often ignored when we hear about tech disruption in real estate that they really don't look at that model and say, is there really this much demand for these kinds of services or are we actually just going to be beating our heads against the wall? I mean there are amazing things that tech does to improve and frankly disrupt the industry. We enjoy watching that change when it's making things more efficient and there certainly are inefficiencies in our industry that technology has helped through you know MLS and websites and transaction management and e-signatures and these things are all great but you have gotta first look and say do we really have that many consumers who want to do it themselves who want to have a mercenary agent who comes out at 50 bucks a time and doesn't have any experience with the client or the clients needs or necessarily that neighborhood they may but we don't know and as you're going out and touring 10-20 homes do you have that continuum of, of education and guidance through the process to help you say, remember that third home we saw, it had better A, B, and C, but this one has a problem with the school district. So it's a question of, are there enough people who really want limited guidance at a lower fee? And there will be some of those, but history hasn't shown there to be a large percentage of them.
0: Okay. Okay fair enough fair enough and and only time you know will tell i mean he has a valid point and you have a valid point and i think that at the end of the day it's kind of the 80/20 rule and you know, with your point it's maybe 20% of the population will you know want to use solo pro and and save money or listing companies that are online where you can just plug in whatever you want and upload your own pictures and I'm sure in their mind, optimistically, they're thinking 80% will want to use services like that and 20% will want to use the quote unquote upgraded services at, at at
1: that point. Sure. And I and I think they actually have one of the more sophisticated and thoughtful models that we've seen in a while going for, you know, the marketplace so that certain agents who want to be a part of it can, but it's not the entire model of the marketplace. Um, You know, there's a lot of nuance to what they're doing that's really intelligent. It's just when it's also faced with advertising that says we're going to blow up and explode agent commissions. And, you know, I think I heard uh, Tommy say 85% of real estate agents would be, you know, out of the business within whatever X number of years. That doesn't really seem realistic knowing the logistics of this industry and how many people work with somebody they know and it's about those personal relationships so they've got a lot of really interesting things they're doing it's just hard to believe the, uh, the marketing angle that says every agent is going away and commissions are going to be blown up It doesn't really fit together.
0: Yeah, it's interesting, and I know you're a broker. I'm a broker. We're we're both agents with licenses, so we need to be careful about talking about any commissions that are exact. But without talking about exact commissions, you know, do you think it's possible that with the services where you can just go online, like you can on Quicken Loans with Rocket Mortgage, and just fill in the blanks and never talk to a live person? With services like this, where you could do that and actually never talk to a live person, I can't remember the name. Do you know the name of that? The company that was, was on Inman the other day, it was a, a woman, she, she spoke, there was an article on her, but she has a similar company and you just go online and you type in, do you think there will be any disruption or implosion when it comes to the co-op commission? If, the, if you're out, able to go on there and upload your own pictures, can you then just go on and upload your own co-op commission? And then if the house doesn't sell, just like lowering the price, you raise your co-op commission.
1: Uh, you know, it's difficult. That's difficult to say. There's so much inertia with the system that's in place right now. Again, there's, there's a lot to be said about the potential for um, you know commission rates being affected by technology and efficiency, um, whether that makes general commission rates reduced a little bit if brokers don't have to do as much of the labor as a possibility. Um, Whether it doesn't change them at all because the best brokers continue to do a superior job of marketing and negotiating, um, that's hard to say. But, you know, like you said, there's no such thing as standard commission rates. There are hundreds of different models on our, you know, on our MLS right now of different rates that different brokers are paying. So, you know, it's not like that's a 100 percent, you know, exact dogma that nothing has changed and nothing will change. But it is interesting to see Models that are very intelligent and sophisticated, but ignore the basics of, let's say, buyer agency, that almost ignore the value of the buyer's agent, which is really a a pet peeve of mine personally, um, because there are certainly bad agents. There are agents who are not experienced enough and not dedicated enough to their clients to give them good service. but, but the value of your advisor going through that process with you, not just from finding out uh, what it is you need and maybe finding out what it is you don't really realize yet that you need, of not letting you make a mistake in your buying process or at least illuminating the things that you might not be considering the process and then guiding you through your home search and through your negotiation and through your transaction. Um, the, the idea that there's going to be a software product That gets your buyer to the point in the transaction where they've done an inspection and the side sewer is collapsed and it's merely going to pop up a box and ask them, uh, would you like to ask the seller for a credit or would you like to just fail this transaction? Um, It's so complex throughout the transaction that um, I wish technology could make things simpler but I'm a pragmatist and a realist and I've seen how complex the transactions are and what the value of that service this agent is giving in each individual situation so it's hard for me to believe that it'll be simplified significantly in the next few years
0: very interesting. Very interesting and good example. Great example. Okay. So let's shift gears here. Let's talk about open house signs. You you had written an article that said that could the Supreme Court put an end
1: to open house signs? Tell me about that. Sure. It's a little complex. So um, I'll start high level quickly, but then get to the real point. Basically, there have been Uh, lawsuits coming from businesses that want to put directional signs a board signs out in the right-of-way so sidewalks medians that sort of thing um... you know come to my bagel shop come to my church come to my open house and real estate signs have always been allowed to do that but many cities have placed sign codes that said you cannot put up signs if they say a b or c on them and the supreme court basically said that's not okay you cannot have a sign code where we have to read what the content of the sign is to say it's okay that's violating free speech if you're going to allow signs directional signs on sidewalks and that sort of thing then you can't stop one business from doing it if you're gonna let another business do that of course cities immediately would say oh no now if we let real estate signs stay up we have to let everybody put up signs on the sidewalks and now we'll have hundreds of cluttered a boards down our sidewalks um... the supreme court said we can't so we probably should just get rid of all signs altogether and not let anyone have those sort of signs out in the right-of-way. That's the the sort of dumbed-down version of it, but it's not without real fears. There, there are cities who are actually putting on webinars and states putting them on for the municipalities who are reviewing this decision right now and saying to them, you need to go look at your sign code, and if you have actually had any content exemptions for something like real estate or anything else, Um, you're either going to have to take out all content exemptions or you're going to have to let everyone put those signs up. And, And cities and municipalities are very likely in a lot of cases going to think they do need to remove all signs. That's their only answer, and that would take away, obviously, our ability to use open house signs. Luckily, there's a very clear set precedent that there is a reason for open house signs to be allowed when others aren't. So the one exemption that the Supreme Court gave was if the um, municipality can show a compelling state interest for an exemption then they can allow a certain kind of signs and not others and we've had I believe it's the FTC um, a number of different federal agencies in the past have said that uh, fair housing is supported by real estate signage and open house signs it actually has an anti-discriminatory effect and so there is a compelling state interest for allowing real estate signs for fair housing reasons Whereas a bagel shop sign wouldn't come to the same level, so hmm. our issue is getting that news out to people so that they understand it.
0: Yeah, well, that that's very interesting because I I could see a municipality, you know, it's a fifty fifty chance, right? I, I could see six people tr- uh, sitting around as the council of that city or county and being just as easy say, you know what, screw it, no one could have signs. It's simpler. We don't have to have. People are looking to, to stop and read the signs. We don't have to put up with any of that. It's easy just to stop it. But I can also see them saying, okay, let's just take all the exemptions out. And you know, if the bagel shop wants to do it, then the bagel shop wants to do It, it is what it is, right? We have to abide by the Supreme Court ruling and we have to you know, be more open-minded. So I could see it going either way. It, it's very interesting and, and I'm sure it will be different from jurisdiction to jurisdiction.
1: Yeah, and that's and that's exactly it. I mean, you think about the the city attorney in most cities. The last thing they want to do is be in violation of a Supreme Court decision. So their first reaction is going to be let's stay out of trouble. But on the other hand, they probably may not be thinking initially that um, they will immediately be in some sort of litigation if they ban all open house signs because the National Association of Realtors or any boards that understand we do have a compelling state interest. Um, in terms of fair housing for having open house signs then we would have to get involved and we don't want to be in litigation with cities and counties nobody wants that to happen so uh, our goal is really to get that information out there so that uh, municipalities understand up front hey you've gotten out you've got a reason to keep doing what you're doing here here's what it is before anybody makes any knee-jerk reactions
0: that's that's be interesting to watch too. So so let's wrap this up, Sam, with a with an update on Project Upstream or a little explanation on what it is first of all, and and any news you have with it.
1: Sure, absolutely. And upfront, I have no official position with Project Upstream besides being a member of the National Association of Realtors and being with a a Coldwell Banker brokerage. Who you know, Realogy has been in support of the idea, but. You know, basically, the whole point of Upstream and what's being built is a front-end input tool for agents and brokers to use that gives them more control and, and more information about their data. Uh, brokers in markets that have multiple MLSs are paying you know, duplicative costs. They are having a lot more labor needed to get their uh, listings into multiple MLSs, into their brokerage or their franchisor website. They have to put these listings into their vendor sites it's just a lot more work than is necessary um, or that should be necessary to get one listing out and have consumers and all of their tools be able to see it an even bigger part of the reason I believe uh, for upstream is to just write the the power structure that you know brokers and MLS's work together they're part of the same sphere but broker generates the listing and then the MLS does what it needs to in terms of you know co-op and and cooperation and uh, compensation so for a broker to be able to input a listing and have it go out to their MLS and go out for IDX and go out to syndication to whichever portal sites they decide but to also be able to say hey you know the photos on my listings you don't get to use them forever Um, you know there's one portal that has been reusing listing photos that were uploaded uh, on blog posts on unrelated stories for unrelated homes in the future we don't want our clients Right. Have their interior photos posted on a you know a Zillow blog post about something totally unrelated years right, down the road. Right, right. Or if they,
0: um, or if it's a flip, you know they're they're posting the the pictures that we're taking on the beginning part of the flip when it was sold sure. the first time, rather than the second time when it's all
1: neat and fancy. Right, right. Absolutely. And so you know we just want to work together, um, you know, in a way that makes sense. That the brokers they create the listings, they and their clients own the listings. Um, and they should really have the rights to say how that, uh, the media associated with the listing is distributed and not have their interior photos scattered all over the web but being profited on by, you know, by a portal site in a way that they would have never agreed to. So upstream is really you know, the, uh, the organizing force where we've got one input and one dashboard where you can input your listings. You can look at the data about those listings, make sure it's being distributed the way you want it to be, and make sure you're protecting your clients and your rights over that listing data.
0: Very good. Very good. Well, one more interesting thing to watch in our future as real estate professionals. So Sam, this has been a great show. You've kept us so up to date on things. I'm going to put all of Sam's information on hybendigital.com backslash Sam. DeBoard, and that's D-E-B-O-R-D, right? Yes, it is. Good. And Sam, any uh, parting words you'd
1: like to leave our audience with? Uh, you know it's an exciting time. Uh, I, I love seeing the changes in technology and real estate. You know folks like you've had on we may not agree in uh, all of their business models but it is really exciting to see the money and the technology coming into real estate and allowing us to make our jobs more efficient and work better with our clients while still maintaining professional standards. So I'm sure we'll be talking again in the future because these things will keep changing.
0: That's awesome. And Sam, keep writing because your writing and your articles inspire others and keep all real estate agents in the know. So I appreciate you for that.
1: Absolutely. Thanks for having me on and keep up the good work on your end as well.
0: Well, I hope you have enjoyed this session of Real Estate Rockstars. I'm Pat Hyben and I appreciate you spending time tuning in for some rock solid advice. I encourage you to take action on something that you have connected with. These insights, along with goal setting, will help carry you to achieving your destiny. Visit hybendigital.com for resources, how-tos, ebooks, and so much more. Also, reach out to us on Twitter. My handle is at padhyben. And don't forget Rockstar Nation, keep rocking.